These past few months have been a bit overwhelming when it comes to AI. Yeah. AI chatbots, AI image generators, AI voice generators, AI video generators. It's all happening so fast. Mm -hmm. By the time you get a decent handle on where AI is at, your understanding of AI is pretty much already outdated. Yeah. And it isn't just overwhelming, it's, it's also a bit scary. It's scary in the whole Skynet AI taking over the world and enslaving humanity sense, sure. But more realistically, it's scary because of how much it will disrupt the job market with potentially hundreds of millions of jobs at risk. And also scary in the way that people seem very eager to place their full trust and confidence into AI despite its many flaws mm -hmm. and even treat AI products as if they are sentient life forms when they absolutely are not. So if AI progress were happening more slowly, it would be easier to separate the hype and the fear from reality. But the hype cycle, it never stops. So a large group of prominent technologists and, and scientists, they're asking these AI companies to just pump the brakes. And if that request falls on deaf ears, they're asking governments to step in and make them hit pause. The Future of Life Institute, an organization that describes itself as focused on steering technology away from large-scale risks to humanity, published an open letter this week titled Pause Giant AI Experiments, an open letter, which has over a thousand signatures from people like Elon Musk, Steve Wozniak, various big tech CEOs and founders, professors, scientists, AI experts, and even several people working in the field of AI, like the CEO of Stability AI. Please stop me from what I'm doing. <laughs> I know. It's like we're uh, all trying to find the guy who did this. Yeah, it's like the uh, <laughs> Ticketmaster. Please regulate us. Yeah. I can't stop myself. The money is too good. I mean, the power yeah. is addictive. The money is addictive. Please, it, somebody stop me. It literally is. I mean, this is true for all businesses because they're, uh, you know, they are. They owe their shareholders and investors the best best uh, return on their investment possible, mm -hmm. uh, ethics be damned. But in this case, it's, a, it's, a, it's an arms race. Yeah, and, if they're not gonna do it, someone else and is. Without and without nuclear treaties in place, the arms race can heat up very, very fast. Well, luckily, we're here to keep you up to date on all the AI news, because we know it can get you know so confusing with all yeah. of it that's coming out. Uh, but let's get back to that letter. Here's, here's some of the letter that was sent. Contemporary AI systems are now becoming human competitive at general tasks, and we must ask ourselves, should we let machines flood our information channels with propaganda and untruth? Should we automate away all the jobs, including the fulfilling ones? Should we develop non-human minds that might eventually outnumber, outsmart, obsolete, and replace us? Should we risk loss of control of our civilization? Such decisions must not be delegated to unelected tech leaders. Powerful AI systems should be developed only once we are confident that their effects will be positive and their risks will be manageable. This confidence must be well justified and increase with the magnitude of a system's potential effects. OpenAI's recent statement regarding artificial general intelligence states that at some point it may be important to get independent review before starting to train future systems and for the most advanced efforts to agree to limit the rate of growth of compute used for creating new models. We agree, that point is now. It continues, therefore we call on all AI labs to immediately pause for at least six months the training of AI systems more powerful than GPT-4. This pause should be public and verifiable and include all key actors. If such a pause cannot be enacted quickly, governments should step in and institute a moratorium. AI labs and independent experts should use this pause to jointly develop and implement a set of shared safety protocols for advanced AI design and development that are rigorously audited and overseen by independent outside experts. 
These protocols should ensure that systems adhering to them are safe beyond a reasonable doubt. This does not mean a pause on AI development in general, merely a stepping back from the dangerous race to ever larger, unpredictable black box models with emergent capabilities. AI research and development should be refocused on making today's powerful state-of-the-art systems more accurate, safe, interpretable, transparent, robust, aligned, trustworthy, and loyal. Mm. These okay. AIs ain't loyal. <laughs> That's true. Now, interestingly, not all the names on the list of signatories actually agree on what the dangers of AI are, or even if a six-month pause is specifically the right solution, or something they even agree with. And at least at first, several of the signatories were just fakes, which prompted the Institute to pause adding names to the public list so they could verify who had actually signed it. Uh, there are also plenty of notable AI critics who have chosen not to sign the letter because they feel that it focuses too much on the doomsday potential of AI and not on the more immediate dangers. So basically, you got a lot of AI experts agreeing that this is all happening too quickly while disagreeing on why exactly that's bad and what should be done about it. Uh, on the more alarming side, Gizmodo spoke to Stuart Russell, a professor of computer science who has been writing about AI since the 90s. Real old head. Uh, here's what he said. The most important concern comes from what seems to be an unfettered race among the tech companies who are already saying that they will not stop developing more and more powerful systems regardless of the risk, Russell told Gizmodo in an interview. And let's be clear, the risk they are referring to here is the loss of human control over the world and our own future much as gorillas have lost control over their own future because of humans. Russell claims neither we nor the creators of the AI tools themselves have any idea how they actually work. Though other prominent AI researchers have refuted this description, Russell says the models are basically a blank slate of a trillion parameters. That's all we know, Russell said. We don't know, for example, if they have developed their own internal goals and the ability to pursue them through extended planning. Russell pointed to a recent research paper from Microsoft researchers which claimed OpenAI's recently released GPT-4 exhibited, quote, sparks of artificial general intelligence. And that's the scary one. The general intelligence. That when you see those sparks, uh, fire's coming. Uh -huh. So among those who very, you know, generally agree with the letter but have chosen not to sign it uh, is Emily Bender, who co-authored a paper that the letter itself cites. So she is cited in the letter, but won't sign the letter. Uh, in a long Twitter thread fact-checking and critiquing the letter, she accused the letter of buying too much into AI hype, saying at one point, we wrote a whole paper in late 2020, Stochastic Parrots, published in 2021, pointing out that this headlong rush to ever larger language models without considering risks was a bad thing. But the risks and harms have never been about too powerful AI. Instead, they're about concentration of power in the hands of people, about reproducing systems of oppression, about damage to the information ecosystem, and about damage to the natural ecosystem through profligate use of energy resources. Yeah. Uh, similarly, Sarah Myers of the AI Now Institute told Gizmodo, I think a lot of people are concerned about the capabilities of AI. Understandably so. And if we want these systems to be accountable to the public, we'll need to regulate the major players involved. But here's what's key to understand about ChatGPT and other similar large language models. They're not in any way actually reflecting the depth of understanding of human language. They're mimicking its form. And for us, that's probably the biggest issue we have with AI right now. People are giving it way too much credit. I mean, it certainly is useful in many ways, but it's not actually thinking. It's not actually creative. Would a six-month pause on AI development be good? Absolutely. Will it happen? Absolutely not. No fucking way. This is an arms race, <laughs> and that's the problem.
It's a problem for lots of legitimate reasons, but it's also a problem because constantly hearing about this shit is fucking annoying. And I agree with her with the sense that, like, it really feels like your average person is paying for the slight bit of power they had, uh, you know, a year or two ago when people could say, you know what, fuck this job. I'm going to go get paid for go get paid more to do something else. Uh, so, you know, now everyone's getting laid they, off. They pulled the automation they pulled lever. They pulled the automation <laughs> lever. And uh, you can bet your ass. We'll see who's quiet quitting now. Well, you can bet your ass that there will not be anything to uh, soften the financial blow for Americans who are losing their jobs. Uh, there's no chance of a universal basic income. Yeah. Um, it's going to be the same thing that when, you know, automation came to manufacturing plants. The jobs are just going to disappear and they're yeah. not going to return. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's bad effects, but it's like, oh, but like, you know, GDP went up in the, uh, the uh, under the Industrial Revolution, oh, under Henry Ford system. It's like, yeah, the... The rich people are, they're going to get very rich oh, off of this. Oh, the wealth uh, got consolidated? Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. Shocking. I mean, if you're, if, if you just look at the big graph, you're going to miss the, this, this has potential. But even, I think, I think even the potential, like, obviously a lot of jobs are bullshit mm -hmm. and it's going to do away with those. And yes, people are going to be in a precarious position, uh, position because of that, but also like. I think that might be slightly overstated, at least in the short term. Sure. I guess we'll see. The problem is there's no telling what's going to happen. And the biggest issue is, is that still to this day in this country specifically, people's health care is tied to their jobs, yeah. regardless of what that job is. Well, in a lot of cases, no, it isn't because they they get around that in very sneaky ways, like uh, only booking them for, uh, I don't know, 38 hours a week instead of 40. Right. Uh, but still. In a lot of cases, healthcare tied to jobs, job goes by. Uh, this does exacerbate that quite a bit. It, uh, yep, it, uh, but yeah, these are all existing problems. Like, there's no reason that a society that relies heavily on AI can't also be a society where people, uh, you know, have homes and healthcare and yeah. can feed themselves and aren't struggling to get by. Uh, to, uh, to is, is it possible that society could exist in the United States of America? Very hard to see that happening. To, Very uh, difficult. Badly misquote the, the great Bernie Sanders. I will probably butcher this, but uh, even through, you know, the 70s and 80s, automation was supposed to make li people's lives easier. And instead, it made the average working day longer, harder, and more involved for less money. Right. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, the end result might be great for a handful of people, but everyone else is going to have a much worse experience and have much less money. Also, we haven't even really begun to see the potential this shit all has for uh, scamming. And we are like, literally three months into the yeah, AI revolution. No, like it's, I think it'll take a little bit longer to really yeah. see how, how useful this is going to be to people with bad intent. Uh, the one thing is, is if we can all come together to say, fuck you to the AI, it might actually work because... Uh, the metaverse is falling apart day by day. Disney just announced they're giving up on it. We'll get it. to that. <laughs> Meta announced they're giving up on it. We'll get to that. So as soon as AI targets gamers, then it's all going to be over. Yeah, we need uh, we need gamers to rise up. This is, that's Ubisoft is falling on the so on the sword with this one. They're they're like, look, we'll piss everyone off. Leave it yeah. to us. Thank you, Ubisoft. Yeah. But speaking of things that are annoying, let's move on to our next topic, which focuses on the most prominent name, 
to sign that open letter. Mm -hmm. Elon Musk. Uh, he's been in charge of Twitter for nearly half a year now after paying $44 billion for it. How's that investment working out so far, by the way? Oh, not great, apparently. Mm. Uh, Elon himself revealed in an email to Twitter staff this week that Twitter's current valuation is $20 billion. Round of, so round of less than half what he paid for it five months ago. Great work, everyone. Well, you know, you look at the NASDAQ and everything's down. So $20 billion, though, you know. $20 billion, uh, which wasn't entirely his $20 billion. True. A lot of that money belongs to people who are probably uh, a little less blasé about uh, all that money going poof. And, and, and still a growing percentage of that owed to uh, very large banks every single year on interest alone. Yeah. Mm. But hey, at least things are on the upswing now that all that early chaos has calmed down, right? No, of course not, you moron. <laughs> Back in October, we would have guessed that by now, things maybe would have calmed down, but of course that's not the case. Just about every week, we get new examples of how Elon's vision for Twitter is something he's just kind of making up as he goes along, particularly when it comes to Twitter Blue, the subscription service that's supposed to make Twitter profitable. Yeah, so pretty much every new announcement for Twitter Blue serves to slightly improve the Twitter experience for Blue subscribers while simultaneously seriously damaging the experience for everyone else, mm -hmm. the majority of Twitter's users. Yes. Uh, legacy verified blue check marks for celebrities and other notable people, they're going away this coming Saturday, meaning next week, the only people with verification will just be whoever pays $7 a month for it, $8. I can't even keep track of how much it costs, and neither can Elon. <laughs> and understandably, a lot of celebrities who enjoy using Twitter but aren't particularly attached to it, are seeing this as their cue to depart now that it will be impossible to tell whether a tweet is really from them or someone impersonating them. Mm -hmm. uh, since one of Twitter's main draws, historically, has been the ability to interact with famous people, all of this seems stupid as hell, but we've ranted enough about this specific topic over the last few months. You get it. I think it's funny that Elon has absolutely no sense of value to the contributions that some of the greatest posters throughout Twitter's history have contributed to the growth of the site. Yeah, I mean, like, some of them have just come out and said it. Like, no, you should be you should be paying me. <laughs> we are creating the content, sir. And he's like, oh, well, we will pay you the Twitter... And, like... Literally, no one, uh, ever since he announced that he was going to pay Twitter, no one's made a fucking cent. No, of course not. Yeah. Saudi's got to get their money first. That's right. <laughs> Anyways, a more recent idea from Elon about how to make Twitter better for blue subscribers and worse for everyone else <laughs> started with this tweet. Starting April 15th, only verified accounts will be eligible to be in For You recommendations. This is the only realistic way to address advanced AI bot swarms taking over. <laughs> It is otherwise a hopeless losing battle. Voting in polls will require verification for same reason. Okay, so you know how there's two Twitter feeds? You might, you might not. Who cares? There's a For You tab and there's a Following tab. Now, the For You tab is on by default and it's a mix of accounts that you follow and also randos that the algorithm uh, at this point very incorrectly thinks that you'll want to see. Yeah. Uh, it is like old school... Uh, YouTube algorithm where it's just going to put the most controversial, loudest... Oh, for me, it's just straight up, it's spam from, like, Silicon Valley grind set influencers. Oh, I just block all anyone... Yeah, I, I block thing. every single one, but they yeah. just keep showing me new ones. <laughs> yeah. So this is Elon seemingly saying that the default for you tab will soon consist entirely of just random Twitter Blue subscribers. And I believe we'll get to that actual number 
uh, and how many followers they have soon. Yes. But uh, those people anecdotally, uh, anecdotally seem to mostly be crypto weirdos and Nazis and who, according to research, here you go, mostly have fewer than a thousand followers. But now they'll get more. This sucks, and there's a reason they don't have many followers. Yeah. Uh, also, the part about this decision somehow stopping advanced AI bot swarms is utter nonsense. Whatever, the, just whatever the fuck that even means. Garbage words. <laughs> As we've been saying for months, there is nothing stopping scammers from paying a few dollars for verification if it helps them scam people out of way more money than that. Mm -hmm. Also, it definitely feels like the scams have only increased under Elon with the latest wave of scams involving... Verified celebrities having their accounts taken over and used to uh, pretend to sell heavily discounted MacBooks, with Twitter taking weeks or even months to give control of these accounts back to the account holders. I think uh, comedian Bobby Lee was locked out of his account for like four months. Did you see uh, Patton Oswalt? Yeah. Uh, he got his back and he goes, you know, that's the last time I try to give anyone free MacBooks on this website. <laughs> <laughs> Good play, sir. Uh, anyways, there's the part about the polls, which is especially funny. Taking a feature that used to be free and putting it behind a paywall is always a smart business move. But this is especially funny because it's clearly just a way for Elon to run polls that only his fans can reply to so he can say that people have spoken and not regret it like when he ran that poll about whether he should resign. When is that happening, by the way? Also, everyone knows the type of person who's paying for Twitter Blue. Yeah. So everyone knows what the results of these polls will be. And fuck off if any media out outlet out there uses any poll from Twitter to verify or prove anything going well, according forward. According to the Cat Turd 2 poll here, the people think... <laughs> They've that, spoken. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've seen, like, a few people... Using Twitter Blue, you know, because they have a business to promote or, you know, they... But in general, it's it's all weirdos and freaks. I had I, I saw someone recently that was like, this is my job, I have to do it. And I, I was so close to blocking just out of... Just out of, like, because you kind of got to do it. And I felt like the gif of the guy, yeah. like, <laughs> crying with a <laughs> <the> gun. <laughs> like, uh, this, this is really sad, but you're going to get it, buddy. Like, yeah. uh, look... The thing is, is you're you're kind of financially supporting a guy who's going to ruin the, the country. Not only that, you are financially supporting a guy who this week was um, really stoking the flames of like anti-trans violence. Yes. Uh, by sharing, of course, just misinformation. And and replying to misinformation yeah. and uh, thus spotlighting it. Like it is literally unethical to, to buy Twitter Blue. Also, a really uh, neat trick that he seems to have deployed lately is that... Uh, uh, what people are replying to is hidden, so you have to open it up, and it counts as double the view. Yeah, yeah. I guess uh, I don't know. That one was there for like a day. But they're just they're just sort of flipping the switches to see what happens. It feels like. Uh, yeah. Um. You know, whatever works for old Elon. Anyway, the idea of a for you tab filled entirely with seven dollar blue check randos it did not go over well. <laughs> Obviously, with many. Openly planning to simply use the For You tab to mass block accounts. It's the blocking menu. Yeah. Just boop, boop, boop. Yeah. Uh, this paired nicely with the news that Twitter might soon allow Blue subscribers to hide their check mark, which is something you would only do uh, <laughs> if you realize 
that this is a mark of shame. It is for the people using it. It's a scarlet letter. It's it's hilarious that the uh, it's hilarious that it was so quick that this option yeah. was uh you know temp temporarily like promoted. It was the uh, Twitter blue is promoted with number one. You get a blue check mark. That's and then, the like, whole point. Hey, uh, well, if you don't want to show the blue check mark for I don't know whatever reason that might be, <laughs> you can check a box. Anyway, so yeah, uh, you can hide your check mark. You can run but you can't hide. If I see your tweets on my For You tab, sorry, buddy, it's on site. It's actually great. Like, I have a legacy verified thing. I don't use my Twitter, but I literally don't give a fuck, and I'm happy that it's going away because I wouldn't want to be confused as someone who is a piece of shit. No, that's the thing. Like, even people who were verified before and who are going to miss it are not going to pay money for it because that just lumps them in with... Yes. The group of people who actually are paying money for no fucking reason. It is so funny because the amount of people, I, I really haven't seen anyone in any kind of even hint of distress about losing their legacy. Maybe maybe they do have a feeling like that they're keeping to themselves, but publicly I haven't seen any distress of people worried about losing their verified check mark, except for like William Shatner. Yeah, Shatner, like, like a couple celebrities are just like, yeah, I mean like... Then I'll just leave the platform. I'll leave, like I don't want to spend all day like... Uh, you know, tagging impersonators. But if you go to like the tweet where Elon announces this, it's like a, a party in there of everyone just laughing and having a good time at the, the verified, verified legacy uh, user's expense. Like, haha, now they'll have to pay $8. Uh, yeah, I don't think that's going to work <laughs> out for you. No. Anyway, just one day after Elon's announcement about that For You tab and how it would be filled with crap, uh, he followed it up with Forgot to mention uh, that accounts that you follow... <laughs> By the way... Oh, whoops, must have slipped my mind. Forgot to mention that accounts you follow directly will also be in For You, since you have explicitly asked for them. Uh, yeah, sure, buddy. You, you forgot for a full 24 hours. Yeah. Uh, oh, like, you, you saw all the replies of people telling you this sucks specifically, but you, you waited a full day to be like, oh, no, sorry. I should clarify. I mean... That's I, not what I meant. You would have to assume <laughs> that some of the people that complained, like, you know, the most prominent that got a lot of... Even some was, of his fans were like, this is stupid. This is stupid, <laughs> yeah. But, like, the William Shatner thing, because that was kind of the most viral take on it, like, you kind of just... Throughout the history of Twitter, those kind of accounts, like, look at the traffic that yeah, they actually bring they're in. They're the reason people are here. <laughs> exactly. So if you... So many people, like, I'm sure, uh, I mean, not to pump myself up too much, but, like, I'm sure a lot of you are on Twitter specifically to uh, follow our accounts, primarily. Yeah. And I think that's true for a lot of, like, influencers and celebrities. People go on there to follow a handful of people that they want to follow. They if it wasn't for Drill, shit. I would have been off that site years <laughs> ago. Uh, but yes, uh, anyways, in other news about how Elon's free speech ambitions uh, for Twitter always just translate into giving some people a bigger soapbox than others, here's Platformer. Last week, Twitter began notifying users who were verified under the company's previous regime that their blue check marks will be taken away unless they become paid subscribers for $8 a month. It's about treating everyone equally, CEO Elon Musk tweeted in response to a critical William Shatner. There shouldn't be a different standard for celebrities, in my opinion. But Twitter does have a different standard for celebrities, including Musk himself. For months, the platform has maintained a list of around 35 VIP users whose accounts it monitors and offers increased visibility alongside Elon Musk, according to documents obtained by Platformer. The list, which spans the political gamut and also includes several journalists and celebrities, includes... 
And this list is so fucking weird. Here yeah. we go. NBA all-star LeBron James. Daily Wire founder and conservative commentator Ben Shapiro. Pseudonymous conservative commentator Cat Turd 2. Wow. Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Democrat of New York. President Joe Biden. YouTube star Mr. Beast. Venture capitalist and Twitter investor Mark Andreessen. Weird Twitter pioneer Drill. Comedian Jabuki Young-White. Tesla community account at Tesla Owners SV. And journalists Matt Iglesias, Glenn Greenwald, Noah Smith, and Adrian Wojnarowski. Uh, and it also includes the menswear account Derek Guy, which solves a mystery dating back several months uh, where that account's tweets were just showing up on everyone's timeline like constantly and people were wondering why. It was this. This is the reason. Uh, and, and I don't have any evidence, but I can tell you with my gut that Joe Biden's there to look impartial and because he's the president. Uh, AOC is there because Elon, Elon is, Musk ha is, is very horny. For yeah. AOC. He has a huge crush on her. Yeah. He, Even the replies were like, you know. Some, you're being really fucking weird about this. Yeah. He, he was he was like, she would never date someone like me. She's like, married, you fucking weirdo. Like, total simp behavior, too. Yeah. And then uh, commenting, it was like a month or two ago, but like, commenting, replying on that weird image where someone's doctored her to have blonde hair. Yeah, no, he, like, he gets into it with, like, his fans, and, like, his fans are all, like, shipping him with AOC. It is so bizarre. It's like, first of all, you are fucking 50 years old. She is a... Hey, AOC, I put you on the list. Yeah, like, there's The just, guest list for the big party. She's married. Uh, there's just... This is a weird thing for the CEO of a company to even acknowledge, much less entertain. Yes. Anyways, uh, other than Musk himself, it doesn't seem that anyone else on the list knew that their posts were being artificially boosted, which is also very funny because a lot of them think that they are being... Uh, well, Cat Turd, he's constantly being uh, shadow banned. He's yes. being crushed by these algorithms. It's like, Precisely. Motherfucker, you were being boosted artificially this entire time. <laughs> you suck that bad, sir. This is also apparently separate from that system put in place to boost Elon Musk's tweets above everyone else's, which was created after Elon's Super Bowl tweet got fewer likes than Joe Biden's. And Elon got so mad about it that he hopped on a private jet straight back to the office to do something about it. That was fun. This VIP list was created earlier and seems to have been used to test Twitter algorithm changes. Uh, here's Platformer again. In December, Musk noticed that his own engagement on the platform was dropping and worried Twitter's ranking systems could be suppressing his tweets. In response to his questions, an engineer created a list of a few dozen VIPs with the goal of monitoring how changes to Twitter's ranking systems affected their accounts. If the engineers identified segments of the ranking system where tweets from these accounts were dropping, they could tweak the code to ensure that tweets from those accounts were always shown. <sighs> Anyways, congratulations to Cat Turd 2 for being officially considered as vital to Twitter as as vital as the president <laughs> of the United States and as, you know, the most famous NBA player in the world that's still actively playing, LeBron James. And uh, in one last bit of Twitter news for the week, apparently one of the thousands of people Elon fired back in November right after taking over the company took Twitter's source code home with them and then uploaded it to GitHub, where it sat mostly unnoticed for months until last week. Access to Twitter's source code could help dishonest people do dishonest things on the platform. So Twitter is taking this seriously and is attempting to identify the leaker by subpoenaing GitHub for user data about the uploader. Username, free speech enthusiast, <laughs> okay? But uh, the list of potential suspects is around 10,000 people, so this investigation has its work cut out for it. Yeah, who, who did this? Well, um, someone who has a grievance against the company who also had access to internal company code. Oh, boy. 
That's a long list. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. It's, you know, coming from a, a content delivery background, Mr. Musk, sir, um, you, you shouldn't get too worried about your metrics dropping in December because that's when people tend to naturally log off yeah, to spend like time with, with their families you, and you shit. You have multiple uh, holidays. You have people away from a college and their computer. And, yeah. Uh, you know, we've, we've worked in this business for quite a while. You can't get too worried around Christmas and, and Hanukkah time when things start dropping off, you know? Also, maybe your posts, uh, maybe you should make better posts. Yeah, your posts suck, sir. <laughs> anyway, we got more news coming up, uh, including Congress's very uh, bold attempt at banning TikTok. Uh, but first, this episode is sponsored by Masterclass. With Masterclass, you can learn from the world's best minds anytime, anywhere, and at your own pace. Learn how to build a startup with Reddit founder Alexis Ohanian. Learn about filmmaking with Werner Herzog, Martin Scorsese, Spike Lee, Ken Burns, and James Cameron. Improve your cooking skills with Gordon Ramsay, Wolfgang Puck, and Roy Choi. And learn from some of the greatest minds in music like Tom Morello, Herbie Hancock, Hans Zimmer, Danny Elfman, and Deadmau5. With over 2,500 classes from a range of world-class instructors, that thing you've always wanted to do is closer than you think. I had to look into it. I had to see how James Cameron is making billions upon billions of dollars. And now that I have the, the keys to the castle, yeah? I'm ready to execute on it. What's his secret? Uh, doing CGI films nonstop that are good for families. Step one, you got to go to the bottom of the ocean. The <laughs> yeah, very bottom. The Mariana Trench. Not, the, not what you think is the bottom. There's actually a lower ocean than that. you got to get down there. You gotta look around. I think starting with the base of some of the greatest action movies of all time was probably yeah. a good step forward. But anyway, yeah, a lot of great minds to uh, hear insights from. I, I like the cooking ones especially. Mm -hmm. A lot of it's stuff I'll never actually cook myself, but it's it's just always cool to watch a professional. And if you're a fan of documentaries in general, it's great to just have on. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Masterclass is accessible on your phone, web, or smart TV, offering classes on a wide variety of topics, all taught by world-class instructors at the top of their fields. Each class is broken out into individual video lessons, usually around 10 minutes long. Members can explore at their own pace, and each class is supported by downloadable materials, class guides, recipes, and more. These are cinema-quality classes that give you unparalleled access to a renowned instructor. Lessons range from specifically showing you how to execute a technique to an instructor's insights about their craft that can be translated across many fields disciplines. We highly recommend that you check out Masterclass, get unlimited access to every class, and as an Internet Today viewer, you get 15% off an annual membership. Go to masterclass.com newsday now. That is masterclass.com newsday for 15% off Masterclass. All right, back to the news now. And on last week's episode of News Dump, we covered TikTok CEO Shu Chu's day in Congress, where he was there to defend TikTok's right to exist on American cell phones, and Congress was there to do what they always do when grilling tech figures, which is demonstrate their complete lack of expertise in tech matters, uh, but this time with a heaping side order of Facebook uncle-style anti-communism, anti-China rhetoric. Mm -hmm. That's not to say there aren't very valid reasons uh, and concerns for you know TikTok's access to U.S. user data. Of course there is. But Shu uh, Chu came out of the hearing definitely looking a lot more dignified and sane than the people yelling at him. And I don't agree with going the full other side with it because there are now uh, uh, fan cams. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, it, that just comes down to him being a tech CEO and seemingly just being normal, at least, com <laughs> yeah. at least compared to every other fucking tech weirdo we know of. Yes. Um, like, the bar is so low, and yeah, people are... People are uh, kind of, they're fangirling over this guy for doing the bare minimum. Uh -huh. 
But it doesn't matter who came out of the hearings looking better. Congress decided long before Shuzi Chu's testimony that they were going to find a way to ban TikTok. And multiple different proposed pieces of legislation have been put forward to accomplish just that. The problem is that directly naming TikTok and specifically targeting them with legislation is unlikely to survive the courts. So they got to be more clever about it and come up with something more broad than TikTok uh, that just happens to fall under all of it. Uh, and one bill making its way through Congress, which attempts to do that, is the Restrict Act. Sounds restrictive. Mm -hmm. So instead of targeting TikTok, the law would target tech companies linked to foreign adversaries like China, Russia, Cuba, etc. And since the text of the bill was made public, people have compared it to the Patriot Act, which was used to spy on Americans in the wake of the 9-11 attacks, and have pointed out that the law would make using a VPN to access a banned app or website a crime punishable with up to 20 years in prison and fines up to $1 million. Those claims appear to be people maybe reading into this a bit too much, but the law is so broad and vague that people are right to be worried about its implications. Yeah, it might uh, not be enforced until it is for specific yeah, reasons. Yeah, uh, the fact that it's vague, that itself is a problem. You should be a lot more clear about that shit. Mm -hmm. uh, here's Motherboard. The Restrict Act, a proposed piece of legislation which provides one way the government might ban TikTok, contains insanely broad language and could lead to other apps or communication services with connections to foreign countries being banned in the U.S., multiple digital rights experts told Motherboard. The bill could have implications not just for social networks, but potentially security tools such as virtual private networks, VPNs, that consumers use to encrypt and route their traffic, one said. Although the intention of the bill is to target apps or services that pose a threat to national security, these critics worry it may have much wider implications for the First Amendment. Quote, the Restrict Act is a concerning distraction with insanely broad language that raises serious human and civil rights concerns, Will Mary Escoto, U.S. policy analyst for digital rights organization Access Now, told Motherboard in an email statement. Uh, more from that article. The Restrict Act could lead to apps and other ICT services with connections to certain foreign countries being banned in the United States. Any bill that would allow the U.S. government to ban an online service that facilitates American speech raises serious First Amendment concerns. Caitlin Vogus, deputy director of the Center for Democracy and Technology's Free Expression Project, told Motherboard in an emailed statement. In addition, while bills like the Restrict Act may be motivated by legitimate privacy concerns, banning ICT services with connections to foreign countries would not necessarily help protect Americans' privacy. Those countries may still obtain data through other means, like by purchasing it from private data brokers. Yeah. Uh, Escoda from Access Now added, as written, the broad language in the Restrict Act could criminalize the use of a VPN, significantly impacting access to security tools and other applications that vulnerable people rely on for privacy and security. According to Senator Mark Warner, one of the bill's authors, the bill and the criminal penalties listed in it are targeted at tech companies, not individual users. So no, you won't go to prison for using a VPN to access TikTok. But hey, maybe the fact that so many people interpreted it that way means your bill is written way too broadly. <laughs> yeah, that's a problem. Anyways, Caitlin Vogus summed up our thoughts about this to Motherboard very nicely with, If Congress is serious about addressing risks to Americans' privacy, it could accomplish far more by focusing its efforts on passing comprehensive privacy legislation like the American Data Privacy and Protection Act. Yeah, like we said last week when all this was going down, if you want things to pass, maybe don't specifically target one app and target all of them yeah. for the insane you, amount of damage they're doing. You could solve your TikTok problem and solve so many more problems on top of that without throwing uh, anyone in prison 
for anything, uh, and it would involve uh, simply gutting the most like evil and predatory. Well, I'm not going to say most, but one of the one of the more evil and predatory industries in this country that honestly should not exist, and everyone working in it uh, should just be shit out of luck. Yeah, like it's it's. it's- the crazy. fact that they aren't willing to touch that is very uh, interesting. It's crazy that, uh, and, and I'm so glad that people see through it, but the fact that they're targeting TikTok for this, and it's so blatantly apparent that every other American yeah. social media company does this, is uh, it proves that they're not in it for the right reasons. Yeah, and like and like they said, it's like, even if you ban TikTok or any of these other apps, like, just go to a data broker. The data broking industry is so fucking unregulated that they could access most of the same information without even needing to be on someone's phone. Yeah. This is all smoke and mirrors. You're obfuscating the actual issue. Mm-hmm. And it's very curious why you would be doing that. It's almost like you've been lobbied by American companies who do this shit all the time and don't want you to look into it. Yes. It's painfully obvious and you look stupid. Anyways, not everything our government does is stupid. Uh, For example, this week, the FTC announced a proposal that would require companies to allow users to cancel subscription services online instead of the way that it often works, which is you sign up online, no problem. They got the, the, everything's there. It's very easy. But then when you want to cancel, uh-oh, you have to get on the phone and wait for a customer service representative. How does that work? Uh, This is clearly a ploy to make it easier to sign up for things than it is to cancel things, uh, which presumably makes these companies more money. And it's very annoying. Here's Ars Technica. The FTC said the click to cancel rule would require sellers to make it as easy for consumers to cancel their enrollment as it was to sign up and go a long way to rescuing consumers from seemingly never-ending struggles to cancel unwanted subscription payment plans for everything from cosmetics to newspapers to gym memberships. The FTC said the proposed rule would be enforced with civil penalties and let the commission return money to harmed consumers. Quote, The proposal states that if consumers can sign up for subscriptions online, they should be able to cancel online with the same number of steps. If consumers can open an account over the phone, they should be able to cancel it over the phone without endless delays, FTC Chair Lena Khan wrote. And yeah, even adding like a couple extra steps, like I know I could be doing a better job about it, but I've been trying to cancel my Regal membership. You got to like email them and wait for a response and then be aware of the response and write back. Yeah, suddenly, yeah, suddenly the second you want to cancel something, like it goes back to like the internet 20 years ago where mm-hmm. there's just no automated uh, technology in place for it. And like this shit is, I mean, it's a lot of shady companies, but it's like a lot of legit companies. Like if you want to cancel your fucking Adobe Creative Cloud uh, account, it's like a huge pain in the ass. No, you just say you're going to do it every year and they give yeah, you half off. That's true. <laughs> That is a nice little hack. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, another cool thing that this new rule would do has to do with the way the companies never just let you cancel even when you get them on the line. They always first try to offer you deals to get you to stay. Uh, this is especially annoying over the phone. And the rule would make it so that before they offer you those deals, they have to ask whether you're willing to hear about them. And if you say no, they have to just move on and let you cancel, which is good. Mm-hmm. Cable companies especially, is like, I've only ever canceled cable when I'm literally moving. I have and, no choice. Please, let oh, me out of and this. No, the, the one time I did it without moving was when I got fiber yeah. and I canceled Spectrum because they didn't have fiber and they're like, uh, Do I'm, you hear I'm like, great look, deals? unless you, ha- if you guys have fiber, I might stay. Do you have fiber? I'm like, no, but uh, we have, the-. I'm like, no, I need the fiber. So I think we're done here. Disconnect. Uh, the best is uh, like, if you've ever gotten like a trial Sirius XM, 
they will just be like, you know what? Fuck it. You can just have it. Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah, they do. Well, why don't you try it for another uh, uh, 12 months? Yeah, I, I did that once. I can't remember why, but yeah, they were like, oh, yeah, sure. You got welcome aboard. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I didn't even give you my credit card information. Yeah, no, it's fine. We, <laughs> just think about it. You know, yeah. maybe you'll get attached to something. Anyways, in similarly positive news, a bunch of celebrities and influencers were officially charged last week by the SEC for not disclosing paid deals to promote sketchy cryptocurrencies. Good. Uh, here's Gizmodo. The SEC revealed on Wednesday that it had charged eight celebrities, including actress Lindsay Lohan, influencer Jake Paul, rappers Lil Yachty and Soulja Boy, singers Akon and Neo, and more for promoting the Tronics, TRX, and BitTorrent, BTT tokens on social media, but not revealing they had been paid for doing so, which is illegal. The regulator claims the celebrities were paid by Justin Sun, the founder of the Tron blockchain, who provided them with specific text to promote the tokens and instructed them not to disclose their compensation. Exploring DeFi and already liking JST, SUN, and TRX, super fast and zero fee. Good job, Justin Suntron, Lohan said in a tweet in February of 2021. Yeah, she for, totally said that. For which she was paid $10,000 by Tron through an intermediary, the SEC said. It's so stupid. I'm so fucking glad that shit is uh, done. My uh, my favorite outcome, uh, this is just a theory, but uh, Reese Witherspoon announced that she's getting divorced. And my my theory is, because she came out big for NFTs when that shit was peaking. And a lot of people theorized that her now ex-husband, who was like a big wig at CAA or one of those big firms, was like the one getting all these celebrities into like board apes. And so my theory is that like once the NFTs uh, kind of dipped, she's like, all right, well, this that was the, the last thing we were trying to do to spice up this marriage. And now that that's over, I'm out. Also, there's the uh, he. I don't know if he left that company, but uh, joined Quibi and got her like a multi-million dollar <laughs> Quibi deal. Yeah, I mean, it seems like it was a marriage of uh, great convenience. While a lot it, of handshaking going on in, yes. <laughs> in that marriage. So, uh, yeah, maybe there's something to that. But uh, who knows? We'll have to ask Pete Davidson when he starts dating her. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, in one final bit of news that's sure to satisfy your schadenfreude over meta betting everything on a metaverse that no one wants, here's the Wall Street Journal. The metaverse, the virtual world that was the hot thing in tech less than two years ago, is facing a harsher reality. Walt Disney Company has shut down the division that was developing its metaverse strategies, the Wall Street Journal reported this week. Microsoft Corporation recently shut down a social virtual reality platform it acquired in 2017. And Mark Zuckerberg, who renamed Facebook as Meta Platforms Incorporated to signal his seriousness about the metaverse, focused more on artificial intelligence on an earnings call last month. Meanwhile, the price for virtual real estate in some online worlds, where users can hang out as avatars, has cratered. The median <laughs> sale price for land in Decentraland has de declined almost 90% from a year ago, according to WeMeta, a site that tracks land sales in the metaverse. Yeah, and they uh, they listed like a recent investor call from Meta, and it's like it's like they list they they name dropped AI like dozens of times, and they said the word metaverse like five times. Mm -hmm. It's like it's it's over. It's Jover. It's over, pal. Uh, so yeah, basically, companies, particularly in tech, are all reducing headcount. They're laying people off now that the boom period of the last decade or so is over and the interest rates have gone up and they're making cuts wherever they see the least potential for return on investment. And right now that would be the metaverse, which a year ago seemed like a worthwhile pursuit due to all that hype, but which now uh, doesn't seem so hot, especially since even meta itself seems to be pivoting away from it towards AI. 
Oh, well. Oops. That's what you get for watching the video that Meta released showing the CGI version of the Metaverse that looked cool uh, and not checking in like a month later to see what it actually fucking looked like, which uh, is just trash. And it still looks like trash a year and a half later. It's weird how they can't make it not look like trash. Also a ghost town and uh, the only places it is inhabited by users uh, is just uh, not a place you want to be. Yeah, well, as a normal person, it's a great place to hunt for milfs. <laughs> yeah, according, according to everyone for, who's been in there, yeah. I'm just here for the milfs. Uh huh. Anyways, uh, that's our episode. Um, for something more fun, recent weekly weird news episode about Hillary Clinton uh, possibly being targeted for fecal attacks. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was a fun one. A little poop attack. For something way, way, way less fun. Um, our previous episode this week was about um, how the way this country uh, just. Handles uh, its reporting Never on... stops having children being murdered yeah. and uh, how frustrating that is. Yeah, and I I do want to point out that, like, er- everything we said in the second half of that video unfortunately has come true with yeah. the way that the media has handled this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in ways that are downright scary. Who could have seen this coming? Anyways, uh, that's it for the video. The other ones are up there now. Please subscribe to the channel. Leave a like. Leave a comment, and we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.